Welcome to Lead to Succeed. This is the podcast to hear from the leaders of today in various fields from entrepreneurs to corporate directors. We hear their stories, lessons learned and challenges faced, as well as insights and advice to become a successful and an inspiring leader. The podcast is presented by us, Callum and Rebecca Jenkins, as we both believe that we all have the potential to be outstanding leaders if that's what we choose. So welcome to our Lead to Succeed podcast and we are very excited today to have Leon McQuaid who is our guest and Leon is the co-founder of Think Cloud and I'm looking into his office on this video conference call and uh, on this podcast recording and I can see that he's got a number of awards stacked up. So Leon, an award-winning business, tell us a little bit about that and about you. Yeah, we're a, a managed IT service provider that no one understands the word managed IT services. So we try and sort of simplify that. Um, we're, we're an IT company, but we sort of exist to help our customers adopt and use technology so they can succeed, basically. Um, so aligning their sort of business goals with their technology. So that's our sort of big passion. Um, and luckily, we were founded in 2003 and we've gone on to win multiple awards for the last sort of four years as um, one of the 50 best managed um, IT providers in the country, which is quite a, quite a cool accolade and, and we're really well done to the team. Quite an achievement. And I didn't fully introduce Callum here as well, which was rather remiss of me. So, sorry. sorry, Callum. Well, they used to me. I've been on multiple podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I think they know who they're going to be on here. Yeah. That's quite, quite an achievement, Leon. Congratulations to you on that. And that just shows the quality and standard that you bring. Um, to your business and I know we're going to have a really interesting discussion here today because you do so many other things outside of business that make a big impact and a big contribution to society so I'm looking forward to discussing those with you but let's kick off and just talk about leadership which is what this podcast is all around inspiring um, managers to step into the role of leadership so as a leader was there a moment in time when you felt you became, you transitioned from a manager to a leader? Yeah, um, I think we, we discussed off there, aren't we, leadership at length, and I think it's good to get on there and talk quite. I think um, it's something you, you look back on, um, and the, the big thing you know, about leadership, what is a leader, what is a manager, and it's sort of like that blurred lines. And, and for me, um, I think it rolls back I sort of fell into leadership. Um, I once uh, aspired to ever be a leader. It just sort of happened. Um, and I think the only thing I can sort of say around that sort of thing, I got everything wrong. Um, I made loads of mistakes. Um, I had no training. Um, I just became a leader. Um, and all of a sudden, I had loads of responsibilities. And I think on that sort of journey, um, when I look back on my sort of leadership, um, I was running a, a very successful construction business. Um, and... We just skilled, I started there as an apprentice um, and I exited and I went back um, and I went back as an estimator. So from a carpenter to being an estimator. Um, but the key thing, um, I'm 38 now, I only discovered I was dyslexic at 30. So I never knew I was dyslexic. I just thought that um, I was a bit stupid. I couldn't spell, I couldn't do certain things. Um, and I think for me, when I look back, I only really started understanding leadership when my first daughter was born, Evie. I was seven now, and um, well, she's nine now, sorry. Um, and it, 
what it was, I couldn't remember how to spell a name. Um, the E V I E. I always get I always get the I and E the wrong way around, and I couldn't remember the date she was born. Just couldn't remember it. But at the time, um, we'd started to scale a business and was working with you know international brands like Ralph Lauren, um, Armani, Kate Geiger, and you know I was managing very very large teams, um, doing some you know. All the things that come with managing, you know, um, 130 staff, as you can imagine, Rebecca, there's a lot of roles, responsibilities in that. And I couldn't remember how to spell my daughter, daughter's name. And I couldn't remember her date of birth. So I went to doctors. Um, I said, I don't know what's going on, but there's something wrong with me. Um, I can't do these certain tasks. But yet, yeah, in my work life, I do all this stuff. And um, he did like a test on me. He said, oh, you're dyslexic. But we, he asked me a couple of key questions. And what I realised was... Um, I'd put lots of technology around me, um, which I was very embarrassed to speak about. So people didn't know this back then, but I used to use a, a, a Mac because I could talk into my computer because I couldn't spell. Um, I used to use Dragon Dictate and all these tools. Um, and as a leader, when I was looking back, um, I used to lead by, um, I, I played rugby, so very much a team sport and we'd go together. But what had happened is I'd get frustrated because I didn't know how to lead or be an effective communicator back then. Um, probably still that now. And I'd lead by fear sometimes. I'd get it wrong. Um, and I could be so focused on the goal, um, I could just cause absolute devastation and destruction in my path. Um, and, and just be, a, a um, as I would call it, a dickhead at times. Um, and just not just because I just wanted to succeed for the team. Um, so I think... For me, it was that sort of conversation with the doctor when I realised that um, I needed skills. There were certain things I didn't have, so I needed to get into professional development. And at that point, it was I realised that I needed to do some leadership training. I needed to start understanding, um, and I signed up to do a leadership degree. So that was my first sort of point when I, I realised that I didn't have a clue what I was doing and why I was doing it. Well, in all of that, you sound incredibly driven. So is that a trait that you would say that you you have? Yeah, um, and it stems from my dad. My dad was my first leader ever in my life. Um, and he was uh, very entrepreneurial. So he had multiple businesses, um, you know, from window cleaning to working in, he used to run pubs. Um, but he used to have a saying, um, and, you know, God rest his soul now, but it's still etched in my brain. Um, how you do anything is how you do everything, he used to say to me. And he always used to say, if a job's worth, worth doing, it's worth doing well. So don't ever do a job if you're not prepared to do it well. Just don't do it. And um, I think sometimes that can be a good trait of mine, but it can also be a very bad trait because nothing's ever perfect for me. Um, I always want it to improve and I always think everything can improve. Um, so as a leader, if you have got that trait in you, um, you've got to be aware because... Um, yeah, we need to improve, but also um, you can't. Nothing's ever perfect, is it? Yeah, so it's just so yeah. You're easy to keep on tinkering things. Um, so you say, Leon, when you were, you said you sort of like came into the leadership position just by nature of what you were doing. Um, and you said you sort of, from the sense that you were like constantly learning on the go, and at one at some point you felt like it was worth taking some sort of like professional training. Was there ever a time kind of throughout your career where you felt like there was something that was you know, quite a big challenge you came across in your leadership position? Yeah. Um, really so, yeah, so look, yeah, one what really stands out is um, 
I remember, um, like I said, being an estimator and pricing some work. And I, was, I always remember we won a contract for Kurt Geiger working in Manchester Airport. And it was my first ever big contract. Um, and I'd been pricing these projects for a long, long time and not winning. So I thought my job was on the line as well. So there's a lot of pressure around that. Um, but all of a sudden, we won the contract and we need to deliver it. Um, I didn't know this back then, but delivering in an airport is one of the most um, toughest environments you can deliver from health and safety to terror, you name it. Think of a challenge, you've got every challenge there. Um, and we had to bring a, a multidisciplinary team together and deliver this project. Um, and that's when I realised the power of having to collaborate, communicate. Um, and because we was working with such big brands as well, you started to see um, other leaders in their organisations, the way they carried themselves, the way they talked, um, different project managers. And I was getting very frustrated in loads of areas of my life. Um, I just felt I was spinning lots of plates. I just remember having a conversation um, with, with one of the project managers, I'm still good friends with now, um, and he just explained to me about um, project management, a, a theory called Prince2, how you manage a project. And um, I remember reading the process of it all, and I was like, they're just managing me through a process. He said, everything's a process. And it, um, it was one of them sort of them epiphanies, I think you call it, where you know, he's just like, right, we need to understand what pro processes are and standard operating procedures and all these terminologies that I just didn't have any idea about. Um, so I think, yeah, massively um, learning the, the power of the process. Do, do you think then that leadership is a process? I do, yeah, very much so. Yeah, hugely. Um, I, think, I think it's all a process. I think life's a process. We're, we're, and we only learn by doing, don't we? Um, that, that's the only thing. We, and the other thing is, um, you know, a good teacher of mine, I love Bob Proctor, I'm a big fan of him. I remember him teaching me, because um, I was scared of failure. I've always been scared of failing, always scared. Um, and he explained the way, like, um, you watch a child and how it learns to walk. Um, and he's, they have to fall over, they have to trip up, they don't care what they look like, they look stupid, they fumble, <laughs> um, they make mistakes, they bang their heads. Um, but they get up every single time and they carry on and they eventually they walk, don't they? Um, and I got told leadership was like that. And once I understood that, um, all of a sudden I started being okay with saying that I'm not very good in loads of things um, and saying that I need help. Um, and interestingly, when you started to do that, um, you start being authentic um, as a leader and your teams rally around you and you get, you get, you know, you get proper buy-in. Um, because we had only the power of a vision, a mission, and, and, a, and a culture. Um, but you, I think for me, I, I learned all that, but learned from doing it wrong, if that makes sense. Um, and I think, you know, you've got, you've, I think it's one of the best ways to learn, I think, in some ways, but then also, I don't know, a lot of things different, I suppose. Oh, I agree. I think if you're thrown into a situation, you, you probably learn really quickly about how to overcome that and act and respond and, and deal with it. But I'm still quite intrigued by your thought process on leadership being a process. Could you just explain a little bit more to that? Because for me, that sounds a little bit counterintuitive to being you and showing vulnerability. And um, I, 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 can't, I, find it, I can't make the connection between the two at the moment, so. Okay, yeah, okay, so. Um... The reason why I think it's a process, I think 
we, we've all got different skills. So I, I, I'm a big fan of um, what when I learned in, in a different when, when I did my degree. I remember learning about um, Belvin's team roles, right? Yeah. And I also remember I'm a big fan of psychology, and I also remember um, learning about like different personality types, and I, I just got infatuated with them. I thought it was fantastic work, the way you could you could read people and they, you could understand you and because I've always been a very passionate rugby player, played rugby for many years. Um, in rugby, when, when we play rugby, um, it, everything's a process. Everything is a process in terms of, I, I remember playing rugby um, at quite a high standard and I was rubbish. And I played against a player called Leon Price. It was amazing. And he just dominated me. He just made me look absolutely stupid. And I remember the team we had, we had a real good team. And, they all rallied round and put things in place so that I, we perform better, you know. And and a good team rallies round and and someone's weakness, you know, on a rugby field, for example, if if someone's bigger and stronger than you and and they're dominating you, there's not a lot you can do about it because they're athletically bigger, better, faster, and stronger than you. But then. As a team, what we can do is we can kick the ball to him, to them in, when they're not in danger of scoring a try. We can tire, tire them out and also they can make the opposing players meant to be tackling and rest. So you can put tactics and strategies in place to make someone's strength actually the weakness. Um, and I've always understood that in rugby, but I never understood that in business, how you can... Um, learn and change and adapt so for me I, I massively think it's a, um, a process because you know trying to get people to communicate and collaborate together um, your version of right to my version of right could be a million miles apart couldn't it? Yes and um, it could be and I think I understand that a little bit more now I think it's like we can all use techniques we can all have a strategy to get from where we are now to where we need to be and a leader is somebody that will help to put those things in place and take a team through those techniques and strategies to reach a successful outcome. Yeah. It would, would, would be my how I understand what you're what you're saying. Yeah. What what do you think are the big challenges right now, Leon, as a you as a leader running a business, growing a business? What what are the big challenges that you feel you face as a leader right now? I think um supporting our team um because a lot of fear out there at the moment isn't they yeah. um, um i think there's a lot of misinformation out there as well um or i'd wrap it up as just tons of uncertainty isn't they that that's the challenge um but i think there's always tons of uncertainty and um, we just choose not to consciously look at it don't we get distracted don't we um so i think that that's a challenge at the moment i suppose um and also um because we're entering, you know, allegedly a, a recession, it's everyone getting scared again and putting the yeah. brakes on. We need to actually power through, don't we? You know, we need to expand now, don't we? This is where we need to push forward as leaders. Um, we need to be brave. We need to be bold. Um, and this is the time for leaders to lead, isn't it? You know, um, I remember having a, a chat with myself. I, I like to think I have to self-parent myself because there's a little little Leon inside of me who's scared of everything. And... Sometimes I've just got to get a grip of them and say, no, actually, everything's going to be all right because we, we've got to power on, haven't we? We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, and if we go on hearsay, not facts, and that's what we've got a lot of hearsay out there at the minute, um, you know, how many people get run over by cars? You know, um, we'd, we'd never cross the road, would we? 
no. So, so we, we I, th I just think, uh, but then I think that's one of, again, back to at least one of my biggest sort of challenges is, um, I like to um, lean on the front foot. I don't always see massive amount of risk. That's where my business partner, Scott's fantastic for me because we, we balance each other so well. Um, but it's, I think in these sort of, um, these times, um, I have no idea. We've just got to just get up and, and do what we think is right, don't we? That's all we can do. Yeah. I think that was a really good point you made there, Leon, about you know, being a tough time and you kind of got to be bold and push forward and, and lead now. Um, if I could ask you for, say, three pieces of advice, one of which would be be bold, would you have kind of two other ones for aspiring leaders at the moment to sort of take on board? Yeah, my number one piece of advice, um, which I, I remind myself every morning, um, my only competition is my own ignorance. Um, that's, that's my number one piece of advice um, and just make sure that we, we really take a really broad approach um, you know listen you know I, I, we've got a fantastic apprentice who's just finished up season apprenticeship and it's making sure that we, we we take advice and we listen we have other people's ideas you know you can see our ideas board behind us which we've been doing getting everyone's perspective on it because there's just elements of gold within that um, Whereas me years ago, my, you know, my ego with my director's parking spot wouldn't listen, you know, whereas now, you know, it's absolutely gold, you know, and because we're a team, we'll balance each other, don't we? So that's my number one. Um, my, my second one would be um, how you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah. Um, and I think the other bit of advice, um, yeah, fast is better than being slow just yeah fast is just fat you know and it doesn't need to be perfect i suppose we've just got to we've got to get it okay is 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 better than not you know not done in it that's i'm trying to, i'm trying to get comfortable with that at the moment because i'm i'm very bad for wanting something to be perfect whereas it, it can't be perfect i i think we can both relate to that leon mm. particularly when we've been doing things like the podcast and we do a quick video to introduce a guest and put that on social media and I want to do it again and again and again because it's not quite right and I didn't look quite right or I haven't said it quite right and we've got to learn that it's getting it out there is the important thing so on a different scale we can you know and understand that and it is about being fast and not worrying about it not being perfect prolification beats perfection love that so, love that one um is, is something that we uh, we we try and focus on and um, relate to. We each have our own business, but yeah, that's the kind of message that we try and try and get out there. Quick question, Leon. You mentioned earlier on you got a team of. Did you say 130 now? No, not now. I did have. Uh, there was, I was part of that. Um, it was part of a global contracting business. Um, these, I think, there's 12 of us now. Um, okay. So again, I exited that. I exited that business. Um, and again, this is back to leadership again, I suppose. Um, you know, I was gearing up to sort of, um, I was second in command, I was gearing up to you know, sort of set that business forward. Um, but I, I always thought we was gearing up to, you know, maybe step out, systemize the business and, you know, maybe sell it or get out of it. You know, that, my heart was never to be in it long, you know, long term. But as anything, um, businesses change, different things change. And um, I was with Andy's man club at the time as well, Rebecca, so I just started that as well. And um, I've just lost my dad as well. So there's a quite a lot going on in my life in terms of leadership. So, you know, I tried to cross my dad within six weeks, um, died. And 
at the same sort of time, I'm running a, a massive, helping run a massive business with some massive contracts, working stupid hours. Um, relentless is retail, you know, retail is, is relentless. Um, and then at the same time, I was helping run, uh, I set up and founded um, Andy's Man Club in Hull. Um, I've since gone on to be a, a trustee there, but again, for me, sitting there and, and leading that group and, and working on my own mental health and listening to others and getting, and getting involved in that, um, what I started to learn was um, asking myself a question of what I really wanted. Um, and I'd always wanted to be the best in a certain field. And, I was, and when I really questioned it, I was only a, a joiner or a carpenter because my dad told me to be. I only became a really good, uh, well, I don't really like the word I became good. I became the best I could within that field. Um, only because that was what I knew. I didn't know anything else different. You know, that was what my family always taught. You know, go to work, do a good job and, and, and keep in that field. Um, but when I really questioned it and asked what I wanted to do, I loved technology. I loved um, the way technology helped me and with my dyslexia. I love the way it's allowed me to build big businesses, communicate, collaborate. It saves lives. Um, and I thought I really want to get involved in technology. Um, so I just resigned um, and just stepped out. And because I thought to myself, how can I look back and teach my children that we can have anything in life we want if we go get it? And one of my, you know, my big sort of sayings is, you know, Susan Jeffers, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway, great book. Um, it, it really scared me to step away from what I was doing. Um, cause, but I was there for the money, not because I loved it. Um, and I wanted to say my kids to my kids that if you want to do anything, make sure you love it and you, and you can be successful in it. Um, so I, I just resigned um, and sort of sacked myself, which was when I look back, um, madness, madness, but so freeing, so freeing. I'd like to drill down a bit more into that because I think there may be people that, you know, there may be our listeners who maybe are in roles that they don't really enjoy, but it takes a lot of guts to do what you did. So, yeah, but I, I think, yeah, it takes guts, but also as well, when I look back, I should have done it prior to that, you know, um, in some ways, but I think it's like anything in it. Um, you've got to be, you know, one, one of my real, so we, have, we have some real simple values in our business and we call it heart, so the human, be enthusiastic and, and we, work, we need to have accomplishment, they're the first three. Um, and if you have them three, the next one's, um, remarkable um, but you don't need you know as long as you're doing it and then the last one's transformational but the first one human is like drilling down that into in, into more about that as a value it's been radically honest but radically honest with yourself and when I was really radically honest with myself I didn't enjoy what I was doing I, I really didn't and as humans you know I don't, I don't know you Rebecca but I've always I like to get along with people I like to please people um, yeah. and because of my, my parents line of work I went to 14 schools um, and from the age of, I think, six to nine, um, there was probably about eight schools in that. They used to move to different pubs. Um, and I think for me, I found it really difficult letting people down. I didn't like to let people down. Um, and I think it, that sort of manifested itself in, I'm in this job doing this work and I just want happy. I just really want happy. And um, I, I remember reading a quote actually that really made my mind um, was people who don't have any goals work for people who do. And um, I went and resigned that day. Um, but the way I did it actually, um, which you might like this story, um, I'll laugh about this now. 
I couldn't make the decision whether I was going to do it or not because I was absolutely really scared, really, really scared. And I had breakfast with my kids. And I said to my kids, um, what's one thing if you could change about me, would you? And they said, and it was very young then, and they said, we'd love you to be home, Daddy, to have breakfast with us and to have tea with us. And I couldn't do that in that current job. Um, so I just thought, yeah, I've got to go. I've got to make the decision and go. I think that's a really great story. But I think earlier on, you really hit the nail in the head of kind of like getting clarity on what you want to do. Um, I can come back to that later. I think you want to say something about this. I just love the fact that you asked your children for their perspective on it. And uh, if nothing was going to make you make your mind up, that was, that must have been the real thing, as you said, that we can have, we can oscillate when we've got big decisions to make, but when you've got your children telling you something, it really resonates, doesn't it? Yeah, and I, and I think, um, I think one the, you know, the, the, the business, the, not, not, it's all my own fault. I'd, I'd built this, this persona and how I acted and, and, and how I was around delivering these services. And, you know, even when my dad was, was, was dying, um, you know, in Dove House, I'm, I'm on the emails, I'm making sure um, contracts are done, I'm pricing work, I'm still involved. And, and when I look back, I, I just, but again, I, I suppose, when, when you define success, and I used to think it was being successful so I, I could, you know, I always remember, and I laugh now, I wanted to be a director because I thought it'd be the most secure position in the company. And that means that I'd always be able to pay a mortgage. And, and when, I got, when I got to the top, it was like, oh my God, um, I've got to make sure everyone else is paid before I get paid. This is yeah. secure. What, what's going on? Um, so that reality check. And then I think, and I always say this, I, I got asked for a talk on success and um, I have a problem with that word, or I did. And um, it was, when we talk about really you know, hard lessons, what I always remember about my dad, you know, he was an entrepreneur, he had different pubs. And I used to always think that in the pub game, when they changed the smoking, he, I always thought when I look back now, you know, being a businessman, when my ego was, you know, was, was out of control, I suppose, was he could have bought it, he could have done this, he could have read all these different things. But he didn't. And he moved back to Hull, where he's from, and certain things. And when I look back, um, every decision my dad ever made and all my early memories um, was he always took me to school, I was always at rugby. He was always there, and I always remember writing down some goals. And a guy told me to write some goals down. I sat in a book, and he said three columns. So column one was what? What do you want to experience in life? And he said write down ten things. And I remember writing down these ten things, and one of them was I want to take the kids to school. Um, and that just seemed so far removed because I was working in London, here, there, everywhere, um, in Europe. I just thought, well, that's just not going to happen. Um, and then it was second column. Um, to experience them things, um, what do you need, how do you need to learn, how do you need to grow, what skills do you need? Um, and then the third column was what you're going to give back. And that, that's where Andy's Man Cub came from. Because um, I basically put on a list, I'm going to give um, six hours to charity a month. Um, but when I wrote down, I want to experience taking my kids to school and all these things I wanted to experience, the, the weirdest thing about it all was none of them cost any money. None of them. Um, and, and I think you've got to really ask yourself that sort of tough question, haven't you? Of what, what actually do you want to experience? Not, you know, and we don't, do we? No, but that gave you clarity and shaped how you moved your life forward. And yeah. so the, it is essential to ask ourselves those questions. 
I think that ties in a lot of what you were saying earlier on, Leon, about you know really getting clarity on kind of what you want to do. And you were you went into carpentry because that was what your sort of parents suggested you to do, and because that was kind of like the thing to do. Um, and I think that's what I've really experienced over over the lockdown period is you know we're not really busy out going to all these different places. We're just working from home, and I think that really helps you. Well, it did for me anyway, and it's kind of similar to what you were saying. Just your with your own thoughts a lot more and I think it really helps you get clear on like what you actually want to do and I think what you said about that that framework just now about like what your what experiences do you want to have um, and kind of work back and forwards from there um, and I don't really know what, what I'm trying to say with this but I think so I think it's just a very good no, but I, think, I think where you're going with this and this might help you know we, we, we say this Andy's Mankle got 28 clubs now and you know we help you know thousands of men um, deal with mental health issues, you know, issues, right? But when it breaks down, we sit and have conversations and, and the conversations all come down to what we all desire and want. And I look at it and this is myself included. Um, you know, when I was in that, that other career, um, you know, the cars, the watches, the holidays, the um, ringside tickets in Vegas, all these things that I thought was cool. Um, when I really look back and, and ask what there was, there was all distractions or decorations, that's all it was. It was either a decoration or a distraction. Um, and we do that as humans, don't we? We, we, we surround ourselves, you know, some people, they'll drink drugs. Um, you know, also for me, did work was a distraction. You know, if I'm busy, you know, my measure of success was doing 80 to 100 hours a week. That was my measure of success. Um, whereas now, yeah, I, I still have that um, tendency to want to work too much because I get obsessed with it. Um, and I know that's my, my problem. That's my infliction. Um, but it's about changing the rules, what we govern ourselves within it, you know. So my measure of success now is if I'm working, you know, 12 hour days, five days a week, I'm failing, you know, I should be working eight hours days and five days a week. Um, it means I'm not being wise with my choices. I get it wrong all the time, but I'm trying to narrow down my, my, my measures of success because it's quite easy to say that we're hustling and grinding 80, 90, 100 hours and you're reading this, but that's not success, is it? Well, it's not in my book, and there are um, some people out there that say if you're not doing that, you're not successful. Um, people like Gary Vaynerchuk, for example. It all depends how much that's true, though, doesn't it? I think, um, and, and don't get me wrong, I think these areas, like when you're passionate about something, it's very easy. So, like, let's let's take yeah. Andy's Mankle, for example. Um, so. That's gone on to, you know, I originally got involved to help it give it technology. That was my original dream, um, to give it technology so it could communicate and collaborate. Um, I got told that it needed a club setting up in Hull. So rally rallied around and we helped solve that problem, right? But then when you look at that, you know, a lot of people talk to me around that club. Um, I love it with an absolute passion. I love it so much. I do everything I do, I do it for free. Um, you know, Rebecca, we spoke off air on about it. You, you, you've took a passion around that sort of subject, and you know the, the big challenge. You know, and and again, as as leaders, as parents, as as brothers, as sisters, as husbands and wives, when we look at that challenge we, we've got with like Andy's Man Club, for example, um, it's one man every two hours take their own life in the UK. You know, um, we're seeing rises, you know, going up through the roof at the moment. There's not a bigger problem we face on this planet than solving that. Um, and and when you look at the pandemic that we've got, you know, of COVID, and you still look at the stats, it's still half a million, uh, you know, million people a year that are, are taking their own lives. When you look at the stats of global um, COVID, you know, 
and I, I shared a post on this not so, not so long back. Um, someone taking their own life, you know, is just such the devastation that causes the family, every, everything. It's just not good in any shape or form. But no mask, no about no amount of hand gel, and no about social distancing is going to stop people taking their own lives, right? So when you're passionate and you get involved in something like that, yeah, I'm probably working loads of hours doing that because I talk about it all the time. I'm talking about it now. Um, so I think. Is, I think Mr. Vanderchuk's got a point um, if you're passionate about something because you're always working, aren't you? And as, as a business owner, technically, um, we're always selling our business out because that the business is yeah. technically part of us, isn't it? So yeah. I'd, I'd give him, I'd give him a special dispensation. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I think his point is if you are passionate about it, like you say, you you enjoy it, but it's about getting some balance as well. Yeah. This is on a bit, bit of a brief. Tangently, but mum was telling me about it and his man club and, and what you're doing with that. I think that's a really amazing cause of, of what you're doing. My, my understanding is it's all around like helping men who have like mental health challenges and, and that sort of thing. Is that right? I think that's a really amazing. Yeah, cause. We, we, when we break it down even more simple than that, um, we've all got mental health. That, that's number one, right? Yeah. And um, I'm a big believer that the the, the old brand um, or word of, of mental health is broken. It just didn't have the right connotation. And yeah. why I'm so passionate about it is. You know, back from my leadership, you know, I was fortunate because I had resources so I could pay for some of the best coaches in the world. You know, I used to fire on seeing, you know, all different coaches. Um, worked with Bob Proctor, Tony Robbins, you know, Brian Tracy, you name them. I was on a plane to go see them. Um, so the the, the, le- the lessons and, and life skills I got off them guys, it's just transformational. You can't, you can't, you know, to work in a room with Tony Robbins for five days, what, what, what price can you put on that? Um so then all of a sudden, you know, I'm going to, I'm helping Andy's man club and I'm seeing the world a little bit different. My question was, um, if you're the guy who just hadn't had the breaks in life, you know, and I suppose when we talk about leadership, um, I might talk, I may have mentioned this, but um, I got in trouble years ago in my, in my, in my, t- in, I'd have been about 22, 23, a bit involved in a big fight. And um, I, I got a suspended sentence involved in fighting. Um, and, it wasn't cool, I, you know, I, I was on a stag do, and when I look back, though, one of the, I suppose, moments was I could have lied, I could have said it wasn't my fault, but I had to put my hand up and say I was involved in that situation. Um, lucky for me, the judge had seen everything and said that, you know, the other people was products of their own downfall, but still, it wasn't acceptable, the force I'd used, right? Um, and that, for me, change everything because I thought I was going to lose everything I've ever worked for, um, everything I've ever done. Um, is obviously, I've never been in trouble before or since. And that for me, sort of, the way I was sort of, the people I was hanging around with, the things I was, it, it, it wasn't good. I had to ch- you know, change a lot of things. And for me, when I look back at Andy's Man Club and I also look at leadership is, um, I think I've been very blessed to learn from some amazing people. But what if you're the guy who hadn't had that, lucky break you just had that little bit of information and I think for me um the way we can learn with you know YouTube and videos and the access to information we've got in this digital age is is incredible um so that, that one little idea you know you know look at Andy's man club it can save a life that one little bit of inspiration um so for me the power of communicating and the power power of helping each other as human beings is is, is the most important thing we've got on this planet um so that's why I'm, I'm very passionate about leadership because we can do amazing things when we come together, can't we? Yes. That's oh, amazing, yeah. Yes, it, it, it is amazing. It's so impressive. 
and it's you know full credit to you and the team that you have to support you with that and I think I might have shared on the podcast with you that I've been very influenced by Tony Robbins because when I read one of his books I realized that I didn't have to be the most intellectual person in the world to be successful <laughs> that was such a revelation to me and I read it at quite a young age and I thought oh wow it's about my mindset and how I see the world and and it's great to be impacted at an early age by people like that because it does shape your life as it has done for you um, they are inspirational people that really make a difference yeah. I think what you also said as well was quite amazing the fact that you know you were fortunate enough to experience those things but recognizing that not not everybody also has the chance to have that break or that bit of information mm. which might take their life in a totally different route for the, for the better um, so I think that's a really amazing course so yeah. Well, yeah. well done. <laughs> I think it's brilliant. Is there anything you'd like to end on? We'll end yeah, with Leon. No, just, well, I have one more question for you before we wrap up. In okay. terms of your career, obviously it's been quite varied from, from working from other companies to running your own business and that sort of thing. Is there anything that sort of particularly stands out at any point in time as like a really sort of proud achievement you've had in sort of either in leadership or in other aspects? Yeah. Um, from a leadership so professionally leadership side um for me when i got involved running andy's man club hull one of the things that really stood out for me at the, at the beginning or in the early days was if i wasn't at andy's man club and i couldn't run it for whatever reason and someone turned up or needed it um what a tragedy that could be um so very quickly i suppose from a leadership point of view i thought i need to use my leadership skills i've got to put a framework in so we can train other people so it's not just on one person and bear in mind this is a group of volunteers and people that paid to do it um and when i was able to step away from andy's man club hall and it runs itself far better than when i did it um i i, I took a real massive sense of achievement in terms of just watching how the guys and, and these are the guys who walk through the door who need the help how they then help others um and that just, it's like a drug is that, to be honest, um, because we see that now I'm a trustee, we see that across other ones. Um, so, so that for me is, is um, amazing to be part of that sort of um, impact where you see guys who, someone who's been struggling, um, comes through and then now runs the club. So that, that's one of my um, professional ones, I think. Nice. That's very admirable. It's brilliant again, sort of what we're saying. Very inspirational. Yeah. Um, one of the key reasons why I knew it would be amazing to have you on this podcast because so many things that you said I'm sure will inspire others from making big decisions to giving back to overcoming challenges to believing in you and making those tough calls thank you it's been amazing um, thank you I, I want to ask you one question because I never asked you this actually when we spoke so, Tony Robbins, obviously you're a big fan. What was the one sort of, um, is, it, is it a single one point that you learned from him? Because I've got one quote that's just etched in my mind with him. Um, is, it, is it anything that stood out for you or not particular? I don't think there's one quote. I think for me, it's a, it was all around mindset. That if you have the right mindset, you can achieve whatever you want to achieve in life. And that has have been the foundation of the many of the things that I'm working on or have achieved. It's whatever life throws at you, there's always a way through it as long as you've got that right mindset. 
it's as simple as that. And you know, we all have difficult, really difficult things to deal with, but there's always a way through. And interestingly, uh, last weekend I saw um, a slogan for Under Armour, and it said, "The only way is through." And I thought, yeah, that resonates with me. The only way to get through things is to get through it and learn from it and come out stronger with more experience and knowledge, which will help you in the next stage. What is and, it? And what, think, what's yours? Yeah, and this might help some of your listeners. Um, so we were just talking, weren't we? you know, I, I believe it's a, you know, this, this um, situation we're all in as leaders, we need to expand. So we've, we, we've agreed on that, have we, Rebecca? We need to, yes. we need to plow yeah. forward, don't we, expand? Yeah. And I always remember one of the, best bits of advice I got when I was complaining why I couldn't do loads of things. Um, so Robin said, everything you're talking about is resources. And he said, resources are never the problem. Lack of resourcefulness is always the problem. Yeah. And when we look at Andy's Man Club, we run for free. We've got 28 clubs nationally. We're growing and growing and growing. We've got no money. Um, and we still, every time we get stuck, we bring that question in. Um, resources never the problem we're just not being very resourceful what can we do um so that might help people and i'm saying that to all myself accountable because i need to go have that question with myself in a minute <laughs> well on that note i think we should say a very very big thank you, yeah, you know, we wish you we wish you every success with andy's man club and with your business going you. forward and so you there, guys and look, look being on i was just gonna say is there anything we can do to help kind of Promote that on our podcast. Can you add a link? Yeah, to just, just, yeah, just I'll, I'll get you, I'll get you a link. Um, and one other, yeah, one other thing I want to share as well. Um, I'm a big fan of there's a, a, a campaign called Talk Suicide by the NHS. Um, okay. I'll share the link out on that. If you could, it's a piece of training that we, you know, anybody yeah. can take over 16. And also, if we've got leaders listening to this, adding, um, you know, rally call. Every member of staff should be doing it because ultimately, that 15, 20 minute bit of training um, will and can and does save lives. Sure. So we can get that done as yeah, well. Yeah, we can definitely do that. Yeah. Is there anything else you wanted to add in at all, Liam, before we wrap up? No, 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 no. has been brilliant. I've really enjoyed it. All right, brilliant. Well, yeah, thank you very much for your time. Thanks very much for coming on. It's been really interesting to talk to you. And yeah, I've really enjoyed. I think it's been really inspirational. Listen to what you've what you've achieved and what you've done. I think it's um, a yeah, very admirable thing. Well, I'm glad I can repay the favour because um, Rebecca, you was um, tenfold um, at an hour side, so I, I really enjoyed it. it. It's been good to get to know you as well, the Peria, um, and I'm sure our, I'm sure we're going to keep in touch and um, cause cause some trouble somewhere. I'm sure. <laughs>